Hello, and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us. I feel like every time for the last couple episodes, I've been like, it's fall, yay! But then it keeps leaving. So I wanted to be like, happy fall! But then I realized I probably said that before, but it was like 70 degrees not that long ago here. Mm -hmm. So happy fall again. It is theoretically fall again. Right. It keeps leaving, though. So hopefully... Leafing. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. That was was well done. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this is the last time I say this, because I feel like I'm getting redundant, but it does still feel like a celebration because it keeps leaving. (laughs) Sure. Leafing. Yes. And you belief that it might be here to stay. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. dead. My apologies, everyone. So we don't want to talk about bad puns today, but we do want to talk about bad habits. Mm-hmm. And nice. Yeah. Thank you. I just, I just came up with that. I Good. appreciate the recognition. <laughs> More specifically, we want to talk about how you actually know something is a bad habit we want to bust some myths around this whole idea and like what you can do if you are actually noticing that something is a problem. So for starters, we're going to make everybody take a collective sigh of relief and say that very few things are bad habits in and of themselves. I'm thinking of really extreme things. Like if you're overdosing on aspirin every day, that's probably a bad habit regardless of the context or if you're like setting yourself on fire like please don't do that regardless like that's not good right so really extreme things bad however most of the time what we talk about are things like drinking too much coffee or alcohol intake or how many cookies we're eating or how much we're exercising or how we're sleeping or how much we grab our phones or how much we're watching television as opposed to reading a book and the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that are not inherently bad, even though the conversation is often around like how to stop doing these things. Well, maybe you don't actually need to stop doing those things because in and of itself, it's not a problem. Like the meaning that we're putting on it is whatever it means to you. And this is kind of taken with a grain of salt because there is obvious data that shows that some of those things can be problematic. But here's the thing, we all to some extent do things that are at least mildly problematic just because it's often what we need to do to get through a day either to make life easier or the alternative is just basically impossible or something brings joy and that offsets the potential negative impact. And so given that's the real reality of the situation, we want to talk about how to actually determine whether or not those things are potentially a problem for you. Yeah. I, I would also add just to like contextually and socially, how we talk about this, I think, is largely informed by, I don't want to, like, solely blame it on, like, quote-unquote wellness influencers, um, but I think it's a thing that happens both, you know, for influencers, but also in the news and how things are reported, is that, like, there'll be some bit of information about, oh, like, this habit, like, new research says X, right, and then everyone because they forgot to put their critical thinking hat on or wanted to make it super simple and digestible then takes that to mean we should never do this (laughs) now um so i think that some people are really well intentioned because they're trying 
to share information. And then I think there are other times people are just being very irresponsible with the information and therefore creating this dynamic for people like the readers, viewers, fans, whatever, um, then interpret it to mean that like, if they do this thing, they're like wrong, or this is the right thing to do. And you should always be doing it. And it just gets like overemphasized so much. At least that's how I think about it. Agreed. And mm. I wrote a blog post about this. That is both a tribute to Billy Joel mm. and also a commentary on how very rarely are things black and white. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we like to make it that way because it's easier to sit with. Like humans don't yeah. like gray area, but most of the world is gray. Like yeah. almost everything we do lives somewhere in that gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretending that it doesn't might feel good for the moment, but it's actually not reality. And you're just setting yourself up to have a harder time later because you're actually not dealing with the situation as it is, even if it's harder initially. And can I just say, I think this is one thing that therapists do that is very annoying. That is like illustrates this point (laughs) is that like you can often, and obviously very guilty of this. I'm like almost exclusively guilty of this. When someone says like, oh, what do you think about X? And almost always like a therapist is going to say, well, it depends. Right. Because it does. (laughs) Because it does depend. It's not as black and white as like you would want it to be. And it like almost always actually depends on so many different things. Well, this whole idea that there's a right answer. I actually, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but I share this with clients often that there is actually no right decision because Mm -hmm. in order to know that you were making the right decision, you'd have to be clairvoyant and see how it works out in the future. And you'd have to have the ability to go back in time, choose the alternative option, and then see how that works out in the future to really determine what the right decision would be. Mm -hmm. And often, again, not being black and white, it's not like one option would be bad and the other one would be good. You'd probably have pros and cons of choosing each path. Yeah. So there's no real right answer. And the only thing you can do is make the best decision you can with the information and circumstances you have. And that I think applies to choosing how you want to adjust or not mm-hmm. your lifestyle to be as healthy as possible. Right. This is why like shameless business mantra plug. We always say we want you to live your healthiest life possible or live healthy in the best way you can, because there's no set blueprint for that because no one else is you and in your circumstances that might make something realistic or not, where for like someone else is the entirely opposite experience. Like there is no right answer. Yeah. So how do you know if it's a bad habit? I'm going to borrow something from the DSM, which in case people are not familiar, that's kind of like the guidebook for diagnosing any health conditions essentially, but something that it says even that can be applied to even when you're not like diagnosing anything is one of the criteria it has to meet in order to be a mental health condition often is how much it interferes with your daily life and your functioning. And I think that is like an evergreen rule to follow when you're assessing whether or not something is problematic for you. And it's not just oh, I'm not exercising enough, but it really doesn't impact me on a day-to-day basis because maybe you're only 25 and research shows that 
those kind of habits like really benefit you in terms of what you're noticing on a day-to-day basis when you get older. But it might also be that, you know, maybe you are a little winded going upstairs, but also maybe your partner or other family members or friends are mentioning like, hey, you should probably take a walk around the block because like exercise is really important and I'm concerned about you. Or maybe it's your doctor being like, hey, you know, you're doing okay right now, but later on, maybe not so much, right? And this is kind of with anything, you can apply that to alcohol use, right? If it's something where, you know, maybe you can function pretty well with a hangover, some people can, and it's not that big of a deal, but perhaps people have expressed concern or perhaps there have been situations that, wouldn't have happened if you weren't intoxicated, Mm -hmm. right? That causes conflict in Mm -hmm. relationships in your life. So I think that is generally a really good way to start assessing whether or not a quote unquote bad habit really is a bad habit. Yeah. I think you, I think it's important to take stock of how disruptive is this thing? If at all. Right. And that can be even on a smaller scale, right? Because now we're talking like pretty big things of people who are like actually expressing concern about you. Mm-hmm. But let's say, you know, there's always this debate back and forth of like, well, how much coffee should you be drinking? And first coffee is this magical beverage with magical beans that gives you all these health benefits, which is true. But then you'll read another article that's like coffee is death. And if you drink a cup after 2 p.m., surely you'll explode. Mm-hmm. So, which is right, I don't know, look at how much coffee you're consuming and then look at how you feel throughout the day. Do you feel like you're constantly uh, like jittery and anxious? Do you have trouble sleeping at night? Do you not get enough sleep? Do you feel like if coffee suddenly disappeared, you would not be able to function? Any level of that or anywhere on the spectrum you follow that, like maybe you should think about reducing your coffee consumption. But if you're drinking five cups a day and there's no real impact to you, either from a concerned person or on your annual physical that everyone should be getting or anything in terms of sleep or how you feel throughout the day, like maybe you're fine. Right. At least for now. Yeah. And I'll say um, on that note, just as a personal example, for me, sleep is one of those things. Um, I don't sleep particularly well. I haven't, I never really have. However, um, you know, there's, at least I grew up in a time where there was this feedback, like eight hours of sleep. It was eight hours of sleep per night and eight, eight ounces glasses of water per day were like these two big health rules that I remember. And I honestly cannot remember the last time I slept eight hours. Like I physically can't sleep for eight hours. And, and so for me, it was like one of the things I kind of had to accept is that um, this isn't necessarily a bad habit. It doesn't really matter what I do. Uh, I can't sleep that long. So what I sort of switched my mind from sort of saying like, oh, I need to get to these eight hours because that's the magic number. Instead, I started thinking about, okay, well, maybe I can improve the quality of my sleep. So how can I do that? And so I started to make adjustments there and like that, that has been better for me. And I think that's one of those examples that's kind of really similar to coffee that most people struggle with, I think. 
yeah, meanwhile, eight hours of sleep, I'm just like, no, that's not enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, we were very different in that respect. Yeah. Right. Because everyone is also different, not just like by default in terms of everyone's bodies look a little bit different, but you also have to take into consideration like your lifestyle and your mm-hmm. job and your job and your family circumstances and everything to see what is actually possible. Right. Because <laughs> even if your body may be optimizes itself at let's say eight and a half hours of sleep, but you have three young kids at home and a full-time job, like perhaps you're getting by with six mm-hmm. and that's the best you can do for this part of your life. But I wouldn't call that a bad habit. Right. Right. That's just what you got to do to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And we all have to make adjustments based on what's going on in our lives, which is why I also get very salty at these like general pieces of advice, right. Of, you know, take X amount of time each day to do this, or, you know, make sure what's the generic thing where they say like, Oh, take 30 minutes just for you every day. Yeah, yeah. That's very common. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, but first of all, it's a very privileged stance because while sure, sure that is a good plan, not everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Just the reality of life. So that's number one. And number two, even for people who can at certain parts of the year, the month, the week, whatever, it might not be realistic all the time. And so what are you telling those people when it's not a season of life that they can do that? Like, oh, well, just go through yourself, like suffer. That's it. This is why advice needs to be individualized and why everything needs to be looked at on an individual level versus kind of what you said with these like wellness influencers, just like spouting out like these general blanket tips. Like, well, but no, because it's not, it's not practical. And if it's not practical, people aren't going to do it. And then in which case you're not actually helping somebody, like you got to meet people where they are. And like I said, either way, if you're making it a point to get the most sleep or the best quality sleep you can, given where you are in life, I'm not calling that a bad habit. Right. That's actually a good habit. Right. If you're like, hey, ideally it would be eight, but I can only get six and a half. So I'm going to make sure that I'm taking steps to get my six and a half. Like, In what world is that a bad habit? I think you're doing great. Yeah. Well, I think you bring up an interesting point about like how, how things come up and how people talk about them. And with they give advice about like, I'll do this and you'll be healthier or don't do this and you'll be healthier is that I I think that it actually ends up doing quite a bit of harm because those things aren't accessible for everyone. And what then happens, and I've seen this a lot in people that I've worked with is they always feel like they're failing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, Oh, I'm just like, I'm a shit human being because (laughs) I can't get eight hours of sleep. I can't manage to eat like all these leafy vegetables every day. I can't uh, manage to, you know, take 30 minutes for myself every day. Right. I must, uh, I must hate myself actually. Why do I? And you're like, no, 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 (laughs) hold on, (laughs) hold on. Let's like unpack this and actually understand like what is reasonable for you. Yeah. Right. Best practice is great, but we don't live in a best practice world. And so in part, Right. For real. (laughs) And part of assessing it is taking kind of the blanket science statements of what's good for you and what's not and saying, okay, how close to this can I realistically get or want to get? Because that's the other thing that matters too, is that sure, there are some things that we all partake in, whether it's 
food or beverages or just general habits that aren't great. We all do it. But if it brings you joy, that does offset some of the negative impacts. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's not talked about enough is because mental health is stigmatized, but that's a topic for another day and probably a past day because I'm sure we've discussed that before. But anyway, you have to factor that in, right? If it's something in which it, for example, you just like really love an all day Netflix movie binge session, right? Mm-hmm. Like science will tell you that you should not not move for like eight hours straight. Like that's right. not cute, right? Like that's, right. Not a, that's not a best practice. It's just, those are facts. But if that's something you really love to do, I would never tell somebody to cut it out entirely. I might adjust it and say, okay, perhaps not all weekend, every weekend. Or even if you're like, nah, I got it. That's Saturday and Sunday. Those are my plans indefinitely until the end of time. Okay, in between movies, can you walk around your house? Mm-hmm. Right. Let's start there. And maybe that's doable. And so you're getting someone to the place or yourself where you're doing a little bit better than you were before, but you're not completely derailing your life or trying to do something that is absolutely unrealistic for you to do in the real world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I mean, I can't do well, just as I said with sleep, I can't do anything for eight hours straight. So <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think the Netflix uh, thing is a good one, especially as we approach like winter and colder months is that people are going to be inside and sitting a lot for me, like that adjustment is like, I might be obsessed with some show and be like, all right, I'm just going to binge. I'm going to go in on Saturday. This is going to be the thing. And one of the adjustments I've made is like, all right, if I'm going to do that, I know that if I lie on my couch for eight hours, my back is going to be shot and my body is going to hurt. So maybe I'm going to at least make it a point to change positions or during one part of a show, I'm going to actually get on the floor and stretch while I'm watching it. Right. It's about like figuring out what, because that's something that I really like to do, or I'm, I'm really, you know, interested in this show and I want to finish it by the weekend or whatever. Like that's one of those adjustments I can make. So I can make sure that I get all the joy from doing that and escaping into this other world, but I'm also not sacrificing you know, this pain or discomfort I know that will come later from sitting in the same position for such an extended period of time. Yeah. And applying that to this idea of how much does that impact your functioning? Mm-hmm. I think it's great if that's something that brings you joy, right? Netflix binges for the win. Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. you have friends and family, a partner, kids, whomever, maybe a pet that's not going out enough mm-hmm. that is asking for your time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I can't. And they're like, okay, but I don't see you because you won't pause Netflix. That's a different story, right? Right. That's That's a disruption. Relationships, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or if you're calling out of work because Mm -hmm. you have to stay up late to finish some show, Mm -hmm. even though like technically you could pause, get a good night's sleep and then resume the next day. Like that is where it's disrupting your life Mm -hmm. versus if you're just someone who's like, yeah, this is just what I do if I don't have plans and it might not be the healthiest for me, but like, here's how I can make it a little bit better. Or maybe I'm just letting it go. Those are two very different scenarios, even though technically the person is doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of what comes up a lot with like alcohol and Mm -hmm. even marijuana now that it's become legalized here in New York and in more places of like, where is it a problem? I don't know, where is it a problem for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's, first of all, obviously the legal limit for driving is the legal limit for driving. So we're not even going to go there. Right. Uh, But 
some people can have X number of drinks and feel perfectly fine and not feel a thing and be totally coherent and wake up the next morning ready to take on the world. And other people have two glasses of wine and they're down for the count. Mm-hmm. So I guess in that case, it's not about a number, right? Because it depends on who you are. And I think it also depends in this case, like why you're doing it. Like if you're like, man, I like wine. And sometimes I go out to dinner and I just have a a bottle of wine that's just so good. I have to have another glass, even though I normally don't. Cool. That sounds like a fun time. If you're like, I'm getting home from work and my day has just stressed me out to the point where I have to drink. You might be drinking the same amount of alcohol, but like uh, that Mm -hmm. to me raises a lot more red flags. It's also this idea of what would happen if you couldn't do the thing. Yeah. True across the board, right? Of if somebody said to you, okay, this thing that you are doing gone, right? There's no, we'll stick with alcohol. There's no more alcohol in the world. Or like you are banned from alcohol for 60 days. I don't, I don't know what you did to get banned, but you're banned. Are you okay with that? You might not be happy, right? Especially like some people are really like craft beers and they like trying, like kind of like people really are into food, right? Like that's a interest that people can have. That's absolutely not harmful. And so you might be bummed, but like, can you function? You might not be happy or as happy as you would be if you got to partake in an activity or an area of interest, but like, can you get through the day? Because if you can't, then I have questions. Yeah. You need something else. Right. Exactly. And so it's less about this thing being problematic in and of itself or all or nothing and more about what is your relationship to the thing that you're doing? Because it's unrealistic to say all of the bad quote unquote habit things like we're all throwing it out the window. No one's doing any of that. And you even to kind of take that a little bit further, there's also mixed messages with a lot of things that are bad that there's no real conclusion as to what would fall under that bad habits category objectively anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think it's all about your relationship to it. How are you functioning and how are you living with that thing in your life? And is it going fine? It's going fine for you. How about it? If you look at it honestly and say, oh no, actually here are some negative consequences that I wouldn't have if I wasn't doing X then that's a different story and probably does fit into the bad habit category. And then you can assess what you want to do about that. Yeah. I like that you said uh, you brought up this idea of like, what's your relationship with X thing? Because I think that's something I talk about a lot uh, with clients. And I think it's really helpful because we don't, we don't often think of ourselves as having relationships to things or experiences, but we do right? It's like this, this thing or this experience impacts us. And therefore it, it also impacts how we feel about said thing and how we revisit said thing or reject said thing. And I think when we're talking about habits and, and trying to live a healthy life, it, I think it's good for, for us to look at most things as like a relationship, right? Whether it be to people, to social media, to the news, um, to food, to exercise. It's all about like the relationship and what's happening in that relationship. And I think if you look at it that way, it starts to, you get to have a real like exploration and conversation about it 
instead of just saying like, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. It's like, well, you don't know because you don't even know how you actually feel or what you think or how this impacts you. And that's the important stuff to make those decisions. Right. Very rarely is something objectively good or objectively bad. Yeah. The only things that should be black and white are cookies and zebras and pandas. You did not say puppies. Well, they don't have to be black and white. Oh, you're talking about the actual color. I thought you were talking about the premise of like good or bad. Oh, no. I missed it. Like cookies and zebras. And Although, some I was going to say Kizai. Some pandas. Is the only brown panda in the world and he is beautiful. Oh, giant pandas to, also to be specific of like True. which type of pandas. But oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. He's like brown and right. white. Beautiful. So maybe, maybe just zebras and cookies. I guess so. For the record, just, you know, to make sure that I am clear, I do not mean Oreos. I was, uh, you know, I had the thought and I was like, is she going to specify that this is a New York Jewish cookie situation? Absolutely not. (laughs) I am referring to literal black and white cookies. (laughs) I don't know what Oreos are doing. uh, Did you know that they're vegan? I didn't. I know you don't care, but I was just curious. because like that cream is not made of anything authentically creamy right that's probably why it's vegan right I was like so that makes sense that it's vegan because like I can't imagine that's milk based or anything I don't know what like what material it is uh but it is not gelatin so uh black and white cookies I can't imagine are vegan because they're very like and that's probably why they're so good like now I'm going to get one today. Although I wonder if oat milk black and white cookies would have the same impact. You would probably know that, right? Probably not because of the consistency with baking. That's like, a yeah, whole thing. the not milk is a pretty important, like the fatty content of actual yeah. milk is important. I mean, that's fine um, with me, but just so you know, also speaking of black and white cookies, mm. uh, or has black and orange cookies for Halloween. Cute. So Does I mean, it tastes like, different. I have not had one. I hope not. I was like, I was I'm, a little bit iffy. I felt like maybe they should have just drawn a pumpkin on it instead. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like, I'm, I'm only interested if it tastes different right, for it like to be orange. Coffee. Right. Orange. Otherwise, I just want a black and white cookie. Right. That's yeah. fair. You know, I wish Russ and Daughters was closer. Mm. They have really good black and white cookies, but. I'm going to find one today now. Zucker, Zabars, things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good. Anyway, we've, we've gone awry, but point being, that is the only thing in addition to zebras. And is there another black and white animal? Like that's always black and white? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just zebras. Hmm. Lemurs, maybe. I was going to say there's one of those that is... I think exclusively black and white. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you know another animal that is exclusively black and white, please let us know. Otherwise, we hope you get yourself a delicious black and white, not Oreo cookie today. And thank you for listening. Please do all kinds of nice things to podcasts that you do. Rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. You may connect with us on social media if you feel so inclined, but only if you have a good relationship with it at Viva Wellness NYC. 
Otherwise, new episodes out every other Wednesday, and we will catch you next time. Bye.